This is Shannon Ray Davis, and you are listening to Omega Man Radio. Welcome to my world, the world of the Omega Man. Join us here for the nightly marathon, broadcasting Monday through Friday. You can find us here on YouTube, and we encourage you to report for duty. Get trained up. World of the Saints is coming. You want to be an overcomer and endure till the end. We will teach you how. We cast out devils. We command healing to the sick in Jesus' name. And we preach the full gospel of Jesus Christ to win souls for Jesus. I want to encourage you right now to subscribe right here on YouTube to this channel. Smash the like button and share a link to our live chat room to everyone you know right there on Facebook. Get them to come on out and tune in and join in the fight against the host of hell. If you'd like to support this work financially, we have a PayPal button on our website. We have GoFundMe, Zelly, even Take Bitcoin. And we thank you in advance for partnering with us. Our website is OmegaManRadio.com. One more thing before we start tonight's show. To the demons tuning in. We're coming for you, demon. No demon is safe. Welcome back. We're doing our five-show marathon today. We've got Doug Perry up next, and then coming up at the top of the hour, we're going to have Deborah Vells. Doug, we got this hour together, and we'll get started now. Do you want to open us up in prayer? Sure. We thank you, Lord, for all the good that happened today. Whatever that wasn't good that happened today, please let it just melt away. Help us to rejoice, to be grateful to be content in all things. Help us to accomplish your purposes that you would be glorified through us. Guide our words, Lord, and get everybody that's supposed to hear this to hear it either now or later. We thank you and we praise your holy name. We bless you. Praying all this to the Father in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. I say amen to that. My friend, welcome back, and the mic is yours. Oh, hey. Uh, sort of unexpected. I uh, We promoted tomorrow, uh, which I suppose we're still going to do, to uh, yes. if you, talk if got- about the restoration of the bride. So maybe we ought to talk about something else tonight and not bait and switch people about tomorrow's show. Perfect. You know, uh, I had an opening, and the Lord set it up. Here you are. You can talk about anything yeah. you want. Well, uh, 
the last show we talked about uh, the dad filter and how sometimes people put God in a box shaped like Earth Dad and it, it'll clog up healing and deliverance and all kind of things when uh, uh, what they've learned about Dad is that he's not there or he's not available or he's not on their side or whatever else. And uh, I'm hoping that some of the folks that got to hear that uh, were blessed by that. And um, I don't know if you got any feedback about it, but certainly continue to pray for for the Lord to be closer and closer to you. And thank you. Push you on the swings and kiss your boo boos and and uh, uh, be a far better dad than any of us could have ever had or experienced and um i guess one of the biggest things about our ministry here um we have uh spent 20 years when the lord showed me a vision of how bad things are and how much the church is messed up and how we need to try something different we've been running homeless shelter and food pantry and uh taking care of people and the best we can and uh my goal is always to get people um to a place where they can walk holding his hand um when the lord started uh, really refining me and burning stuff off of me i said uh lord why don't you just kill all of me and i'll just be a walking talking robot full of jesus with none of me in here and he said no i love you i made you special i'm not going to kill all of you i said well you're sure killing big chunks of me for loving me so much what's what's going to be left when you're done killing everything he said i'm going to kill everything that's more than six years old all i need from you is my dad can kick your dad's butt and uh it's that faith like a child where we can walk in communion uh, with a dad that loves us, that protects us, that guides us, that is smarter than us, um, that is a beautiful thing. And the best gift I could ever give anybody is to have that kind of relationship. And that's not religion. Religion is uh, is really no different than sitting in a classroom where the teacher lectures on multiplication tables or geography or anything else and you get it in your head and then you you have faith that there is such a country called russia even though you've never been there and that it looks basically like this on a map and whatever else and and uh that the world is round and that these things happen for these reasons and these guys won these wars because of whatever god was on their side and and uh, maybe you grow up and somebody tells you different and then you start wondering what you learned and and really it's all gnosis it's all knowledge um it's not it's not the same as relationship with a with your wife with a living loving person that walks beside you and talks to you and guides you and is real and um that's really where christianity is different than everything else um you could worship any of uh, 10,000 Hindu gods. You could seek nirvana and Zen. You could 
pray to Allah, but none of them are going to talk back to you and guide your life, tell you what shirt to wear, tell you who to marry, tell you what the right thing is to do all the time. You're going to have to rely on on some book that somebody wrote about what they wanted out of you. And then you have to just believe that the stuff in that book is right. And, you know, I know people that say, well, you know, you're only a Christian because you grew up in America and you grew up in the church and whatever. And, and um, that's not the truth at all. I grew up in the church and then I decided it was whacked. And then I met Jesus in person. And he is everything he said he was and who he says he is. And for 20 years now, I've been walking with him, holding his hand and listening to him and doing whatever he wanted. Um, sometimes I have people come and and say, well, I can't I can't help with the food giveaway on Saturday because it's a Sabbath and I got to rest. I'm like, what exactly day do you think is the day God would want you be to be doing a food giveaway and caring for the poor? I mean. If it's right to do good on the Sabbath, uh, then why wouldn't you come help with this? And uh, uh, I, uh, in, in Isaiah 58, it says, Is the Sabbath just a day to cease from going your own way and speaking your own words? And I'm like, well, what day is it okay to go your own way and speak your own words? Well, none of them. Well, then every day is supposed to be the Sabbath, and you're supposed to rest from your labors, Enter into him who is the Sabbath rest, and uh, and then you're on his clock. And every day you're doing good, and you'll rest whenever he tells you to rest. And that's been my life. Um, some days it's a Wednesday, and he just shuts me down, and I take a nap and take the day off. And um, Some days it's on Saturday, some days it's on Sunday, but I... I I rested from my career, my goals, my dreams, my aspirations, um, you know, from all the things I wanted to build and grow and do and entered into him. And I, I, when I rested from my labors, then I'm on his clock. And since he's the Lord of the Sabbath, then it's always okay to do good. And, uh, uh, and every day is a Sabbath for me. And, and I think that's, that's what the Christian walk ought to be when we are uh, led by him. There's so many verses like Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust the Lord your God with all your heart. Lead not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he'll direct your paths. But how many people sit in churches directing practically all of their own paths? Or, or, or most. How much is okay how much compromise if, if you say he'll direct your paths but most people don't know how to do that and and probably don't want him to and uh, in Exodus chapter 20 uh, God had told the they, they've just come out of Egypt they've seen the parting of the Red Sea there's thunder and lightning on the top of Sinai he tells them all to fast for three days consecrate themselves and then he speaks from the mountain and gives them all the Ten Commandments. We, we think that Moses went up the hill and he wrote them with a finger on tablets. But that's not how it started. He talked to everybody. And he told them all 
the Ten Commandments. And the elders come to Moses trembling and say, don't have him talk to us like that anymore. We will die. <laughs> and they would have died to their flesh. Because if God talked to you like that all the time, there's no way you can look at your neighbor's wife or move a marker on your neighbor's land or or not be responsible when you're bull gore somebody or whatever else. When you're hearing thunder over your head telling you, hey, don't look at that or whatever. Don't eat that. But they said, we don't want to hear him like that. We'll die. You go ask him what he wants, and we'll listen to you. Which sounds suicidal because they just said they would die if they heard him, and then they're going to send Moses up there to listen to him. And Moses says, he's just trying to test you so that the fear of the Lord will keep you from sinning. And they said, no, no, we don't want that. We want man. You go ask him what's he, what he wants, and we'll obey you. Which they never do. Because it's easy to obey man. Man isn't lightning and thunder at the top of a mountain uh, uh, making the ground shake. So Moses goes up the hill and says, uh, they don't, they don't want to hear you like that. And he says, oh, for a people that would hearken to my voice so that I could bless them. And he says, I want to, I'm going to write my laws on uh, hearts of flesh instead of tablets of stone. Uh, oh, he says, I'm going to send one like unto them in the flesh that they can listen to him. So he sends Jesus, and as fast as we can, we kill him. And he says, I'm going to write my law on tablets of uh, on hearts of flesh instead of tablets of stone. So he sends the Holy Spirit to guide us in all things. And as fast as we can, we convince people that the Holy Spirit doesn't talk to you. You can just listen to the pastor. And um, they knew, never really do obey Moses. He's constantly having to run around the camp with incense trying to stop some plague or another from killing them all because they're grumbling against Aaron or they're worshiping the wrong stuff or something. And all because we are just so sure that we'd rather be in charge of ourselves than let him be in charge. And, and we've been convinced that God doesn't really, he's too busy to be involved in, in how many crab rangoons you should have on the, on the Chinese buffet. Well, I'm telling you, he's not. And I'm telling you, he's big enough to keep track of exactly what shirt you ought to be wearing. And he does care about that stuff. I've heard atheists make fun of Christians and, and mock the, the God of the good parking spot because Christians will who will drive up to the mall and say, oh, thanks, Lord, there's a parking spot right there in front. You love me. And atheists think that's stupid. And uh, <laughs> and I don't. I really, really don't. Because they don't understand how big he is. I was uh, lamenting the state of America one time, and I said, Lord, I don't think in the age of the hair club for men and computers that they're particularly impressed that you know every hair on their head. That doesn't seem like such a big deal. I said, Lord, what can I tell them that will explain how big you are? He said, you know quarks? And I'm like, yeah, you know I know quarks. There's electrons and protons and neutrons, and then there's muons, and then there's quarks, the smallest subatomic particles that we've identified. And uh, there's trillions of them passing through each of you right this minute as you're listening to the show. And um, 
He says, you know Quarks? I said, yeah, I know Quarks. He said, every Quark has a personal name, and I know its name, and I know where it started and where it ends, and I know everything it's going to bump into in between. Is that big enough for you? I'm like, serial numbers? No, Bob, Mike, Cindy. Wow. We're really, really not anywhere, anywhere near understanding him. And we come up with religion that Calvin says, I got this five-point plan that completely describes God and summarizes him and who he is and how he acts and what he wants, and I've got it all figured out. And then the other guy says, well, I've got five, five that are the exact opposites of your five, and I think they work better. And we argue and we argue, and we even kill people over them sometimes. And uh, it's a cry and shame, because we could have known him, held his hand, walked with him, been directed by him. I've got endless, I mean endless stories of, of giving somebody to the penny the exact amount for their water bill. Because I ask a lot of questions. Because I want to, I want to get it right. You know, obedience isn't the boss says to do something and you vaguely, eventually, about do it. It's exactly, exactly where the ditch ought to be. Exactly how wide, how deep. Exactly, you know, shaped the way he wanted it and done on time. Um, you know, I, I I say when God says jump. You should jump when he jump when he tells you how he tells you, and you should stay in the air until he tells you to come down. That's obedience. And um, mostly, it seems like Christianity and all the others, for that matter, are obeying a book. And um, we talked about it on the last show. It, no matter how good an army manual is, and and it'll tell you, you know, brush your teeth up and down, not side to side, and salute this way and cuff your pants this way and here's how the enemy works and here's what their planes look like and here's what our planes look like and no matter how good it is you don't send somebody off into battle with just an army manual they got to have a radio because as soon as everything starts flying all bets are off you know any any football coach will tell you you know your plan is going to work until the first play (laughs) till the first play starts and then it's out the window and and it's all on the fly and and how how are we going to how are we going to walk this walk? This is a war. And, and, and they got all their stuff, and they can talk to their their boss, but we can't talk to ours. That's crazy. And um, my, my greatest hope for everybody is just um, that they would walk holding his hand, you know, that that all of us that, that, that say we're little Christs, that say we're on his team, would... Never, if we were on an island by ourselves, it wouldn't even occur to us to paint a face on a volleyball because we need somebody to talk to. Because we're we're in communion with the Creator of everything, and probably even in more communion with Him on an island alone than than uh, on a subway train or going to work or fighting with the kids or whatever else we're doing. I think a pastor's job and whatever prophet apostle whoever 
I think my job is to talk to people about what's in the way between them and God until we can get it out of the way so they can hear God and then they don't have to listen to me anymore. Um, and, and I shouldn't expect them to because um, once we can, you know, and we need to troubleshoot it. You got to test the spirits. You got to make sure what you're hearing. You got to understand why, why, how, if you're under a delusion or what, what went wrong or how you twisted off sideways sometimes but if we get them hearing good and they stay broken and contrite vessels instead of prideful arrogant rich and have need of nothing stinkers then they ought to stay in communion with him and then he can direct their paths you know we've lived in community for 20 years and we have a mix of Folks that we took in because they needed a place and they're not sure about Jesus. And Christians that have come here from all over that really love the Lord and that hear him and they're walking in the gifts. And and if I need something done, uh, if, if they're not walking with Jesus, then I say, hey, uh, Mike, I need you to mow the lawn or I need you to do this for me. Or, you know, um, they're still volunteers. I don't boss them around. But, you know, hey, could you... Could you help with the thermostat replacement on the truck? But there's others here where I'm like, would you ask the Lord if it's okay if you do this or this? Because I know they ask. Because I know they check with him. Because I know they need permission before they do anything. So, and I'm, I, I, who am I to boss them around when they're his boss? So all I can do is say, would you ask the Lord if you can help with the lawn or with you if you can fix this truck or whatever? And if they say, well, I'm supposed to fast today, okay, that's fine, no problem. I'm not going to argue with you. I'm not going to fuss about it. Um, if you're hearing wrong and you were supposed to fix the truck, well, then God will work that out with you. And, but he'll provide for me. Somebody's going to fix the truck one way or the other. <laughs> so why why stress about it? I, I think we've got to change the understanding and worship of God and the expression of God and and if we're going to move away from relationship from 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 religion, it's got to be the relationship because that's what the world's hungry for, and that's what they're not getting from yoga or Hinduism or Buddhism or even Islam. They're not in relationship with Muhammad. He doesn't tell you what to do. They don't have apparitions of Muhammad directing them. Um, they might have jinns telling them what to do, <laughs> but uh, Allah doesn't talk to them. Uh, and it's all about works. It's all about obedience, and you're never sure if you're going to be okay or not. You're never sure if if it was enough or if you if you accidentally ate when you should have fasted or something else and it disqualified you. We have grace, and we have Jesus. And not only do we have grace... We have a living Savior uh, who can call you friend, who can give you an assurance of your salvation so that it's not just faith, that, that you know that you know because he expressed it to you or said it to you or showed up and gave you a hug. I mean, I know, shoot, I've lost track. Dozens of people that had full-on, including me, full-on Christophanies, rode to Damascus, Paul and Jesus kind of like just showed up and in the flesh and 
whatever, gave you a hug or told you who you were or what you were for or whatever. That still happens. That is absolutely real. I grew up in the Baptist church, and and uh, they want to deny a lot of that stuff. But when I argue with somebody, and they're like, oh, that's, that's not real and for today. I'm like, you know what? Your theology does not trump my reality. I'm an eyewitness to the reality of this stuff, and you telling me that you read or you went to some Bible study or some pastor said it wasn't is meaningless to me. You cannot talk me out of what I've seen with my own eyes, uh, no matter how many verses you want to misquote to me. Uh, anyway, go ahead, Shannon. I hear you wanting to say something. I'm muted. I'm but, muted. Um, <laughs> what should I uh, say? What should this? I, uh, no, keep going. No, this keep is good. Going. Okay. We're live with Doug Perry if you just joined us. Well... If you're not constantly aware that he's right next to you, I wish you would be. I pray you would be. I don't think anything but that is going to get us through what's coming. I think... Um, the Lord named this ministry Fellowship of the Martyrs way back in 2004 when I got filled with the Holy Spirit he showed me how bad things are and how much we need to hurry and he said this is what the church ought to be the koinonia of the martus the, the, the comradeship the, the fellowship of those who will not back down no matter what um Koinonia, the difference between church and koinonia um, is like the difference between a bag of marbles where they get together and they kind of clink around on each other a little bit or a bunch of grapes where they get stomped into a wine and they can never get back in their own little skins again. They're inextricably mixed together and they are one in a way that a bag of marbles could never be and so much a church is just getting together once in a while and clinking around on each other and you could say well i know that marble or i bumped into that marble last week but it's not like you have poured into each other back and forth so many times that you're not even sure uh how much of 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 them is in you and you is in them and it's not um, about words, it's not about teaching, it's about spirit. Um, in Isaiah 58, there are three kinds of fasts. The first one, uh, he says, is the wrong kind. Is, it a day, is, is this the day I've chosen for you to pretend you care what I have to say? To hang your head and, and you know put sackcloth and ashes and pretend like you're really interested in me you're just going through the motions wearing the right outfit making the right noises you know we all fall down we lay our crowns at the feet of jesus but you always sing that song standing up with your hands in the air not with your face down on the ground bawling 
He says, this is the wrong kind of fast. This is no kind of way to hear my voice. And then he goes on and he says, but if you will break the chains, lift the yokes, break the yokes, feed the hungry, clothe the naked, take in the poor wanderer, stop the malicious talk and the pointing finger, then you'll hear me say, uh, here am I. Um, and then he goes on and he does it again. And he and, and so he repeats again. That was physical. Feed them, clothe them, house them, watch your tongue. You know what is denominationalism except the 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 pointing finger, malicious talk? Uh, I, I, what is a, what is a seminary except a school of opinion where you go to learn why the guys at that other school of opinion aren't as smart as you? Um, so then he goes through it again in the spirit and says. If you will extend your soul to the thirsty soul and satisfy the afflicted soul, then you'll be a well-watered garden with springs of water that never fail. And then you'll restore streets with dwellings, and revival, restoration will come. Uh, And everything gets green again and starts growing like it should, instead of a desert wasteland. And that's the part, the, the church may do some feed the hungry, clothe the naked, take in the poor wanderer. But we don't know how to extend our soul to the thirsty soul and satisfy the afflicted soul. And uh, sometimes we'll, we'll take time and we'll practice and we'll get together and we'll use our skills with music or something else to sing an encouraging song that may lift their spirits or make them feel a little better but it's not uh, it's not the same as just balling up every good thing in you and saying Lord give it to him whatever peace I have whatever ability I have to hear your voice whatever treasure I have in heaven Lord spend it on grandma's hip hip replacement uh, spend it on this guy's cancer. Cash all my chips in and, and spend it on this. And what we have found is that um, I, I wrote a book called Rain Right Now, Lord, that's free on our website at fellowshipwithmartyrs.com under books, under ebooks. And there's an audio book for it too, you can listen to free. And the Lord told me that we're wasting our time praying for the latter rain and the early rain and for him to pour his spirit out on all flesh and uh, there was this thing Lou Engel was doing this event called uh, The Call back in Nashville in 2006 and 100,000 kids getting together in Titan Stadium after they fasted for 40 days and to pray for the God to pour his spirit out on all flesh and I heard about it and I was irritated and I'm like Lord why does this bother me kids are getting together to pray what's the big deal and he said it's not you it's me i'm like okay why does it bother you he said it's a giant waste of time he said they're not fasting because i told them to they're fasting because lou engel told them to and they're gathering to pray for me to pour out my spirit on all flesh and it's a giant waste of time i said well it says you're going to pour out the latter rain and the early rain and pour your spirit out on all flesh and I'm ready any time now, so when are you going to do that? He said, as soon as you guys start pouring my spirit out on all flesh. I'm like, the what? 
He's like, yeah, I put endless springs of living water inside of each of you. As soon as you stop being stagnant, lukewarm, and sitting on your lees, we get this show on the road. I'm like, so I just need to teach the church how to pour themselves out on each other, on their cities, on the lost, and we're on? He's like, yeah. That sitting on your lees is a a quote. Jeremiah, he's, he's talking to Israel, says, you're a wine that's sat on its lees. The lees are the junk at the bottom after they stomp the grapes. And they put it in a flask or in a bottle or whatever and let it sit. And all the little bits of leaf and and uh, sticks and nonsense floats to the bottom. And then after a while, they decant it and pour it slowly off into another container. And that oxygenates it, makes it taste better. But you end up leaving the sludge at the bottom. If you don't do that, then you're a wine that has sat on its leaves and it turns to vinegar and tastes horrible because all of that stuff is rotted at the bottom of the of the container and he says this is what this is what you are you're lukewarm and stagnant and you've sat on your lees the church has just sat on its lees until it rotted and because it's not in motion in uh, Revelation chapter 3 says to the church of Ephesus I would that you be cold hot or cold but you're lukewarm and I'm going to spew you out and I ask people do you think the Lord wants you hot or cold? And they're like, we should be hot. Because <laughs> that's what all the songs, something around here has to be on fire. <laughs> and he doesn't say that. Jesus Jesus says through John, I would you hot or cold, but you're lukewarm. And I'm going to spew you out. And and he's he, either hot or cold. And they, I'm, people are like, well, I don't understand. Why would he want us cold? And I'm, I'm like, dude, these are these are agricultural people that walk everywhere. They know if cold water is coming up out of the ground or coming in a stream, it's flowing water. It's, it's pure. You can drink that. If it's hot water, it's a hot spring. It's refreshing. It's healing. It's coming up out of the ground uh, in motion. If it's lukewarm, it's green on top, and you will throw up, and it will make you sick. Anybody that hikes in the woods knows not to drink lukewarm water. <laughs> um and, and he's saying this is the problem, that you're stagnant. Uh, and I would that you'd be in motion, that you'd be poured out. He showed me a picture of what the church ought to be. And it was like at a wedding when they stack the champagne glasses in a pyramid. And you pour in the top one and it overflows all the way down. And everybody is getting fresh filled and everybody's pouring out on the next layer down. And, and it should always be in motion. That's what the church ought to be. But he says, two things I have against you. You've forsaken me, the fount of living water, and built for yourself cisterns that leak. And what is what? It, what is this? What? It, what are these cathedrals we built, except cisterns that are supposed to hold the spirit of God, but they don't. They leak, and so we go to these things. It's a beautiful day in the house of the Lord, and then we sing and sing and sing and hope He shows up a little bit. And then we take up the offering and do announcements, and he's gone. <laughs> and maybe maybe the sermon is anointed, maybe it isn't. But people can't go there and find God. We've got to try and muster up emotion um, because we're not really in communion with the, with the river that flows from the throne of God. We, we've forsaken him, the living water, and trust in these cisterns. Um, that can't hold him. Um, 
And how could they if we've forsaken him? Anyway, um, when a person uh, understands, Jesus, Jesus said, come to me and you'll thirst no more. He didn't say go to church and you'll thirst no more. In fact, in Mark chapter 5, there's a story about a woman with a blood problem. And it's, it's uh, very prophetic and it has application to the church in America. Because it says that uh, she'd been suffering for a long time and she'd gone to all the guys with doctorates and all they did was take her money and leave her worse off. And for years and years, she'd gone to one guy with a doctorate after another thinking they might help and all they did was make her poorer. But she knew if I could actually touch Jesus, I'd be okay. So in the midst of a crowd with the disciples doing bodyguard duty trying to get him through this crowd she sneaks up behind him and touches the the tzitzi the 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 knots on the corner of his prayer shawl the, the most holy of a rabbi's prayer shawl and uh is instantly healed and he stops in the middle of this crowd and says hey who touched me and the disciples are like what are you kidding everybody's touching you no uh somebody touched me different power has drained out of me virtue it says in the king james the greek word is dunamis from which we get dynamite the dynamite of god has drained out of me and he stops and he looks around and he said who did it and she comes forward that it was me and i know that i'm healed i can feel in my body that i'm healed and he said go your faith has healed you he didn't intentionally heal her there's no evidence he even knew she was there but she went and she grabbed heaven by force and took what she needed. She knew if I can touch Jesus, I can suck out what I need. And he and she did. And we need to have that faith. When, when some voice is screaming in your head, you need to drink right now. You need to smoke something. You need to shoot something. You need to whatever. You need to say, Lord, give me whatever I got to have to get through this. Because it's got to come from you. And then reach up and grab it. And believe in faith that he's going to give it to you. And you're going to have what you need. And that's where a dad filter can really mess things up. If you really don't think he's for you, that he's on your side, that he's going to come for you when you call. um, It's hard to walk in that kind of relationship. Um, The best thing I could ever give anybody is 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 a confidence and a boldness and a a faith, an assurance, a I don't a, a conviction, an absolute knowing that he's right beside him, that he's holding their hand, that he's going to get them through, that no matter what comes, he's big enough. That they can rely on him, they can ask him anything, that he's going to answer them one way or another. They may not always understand it, it may not always be as fast as you want an answer, but he knows best, and there's a reason even when there's a delay. There's a reason even when it doesn't go the way you think it should, or, or when you're refined and things go badly. There's a reason, and uh, maybe it's, it can't just be an American thing. 
because all the way back to Exodus 20 at the hill, at the mountain, at Sinai, they were thinking they were smarter than him, could get around him and his what he wanted and knew better than him telling them what to do. But uh, we certainly, uh, here at the end of the age, got real good at knowing that we're smarter than everybody else around us and that they have no business telling us what to do and we don't need to listen to anybody. And uh, Christianity isn't any different because we've hired a lot of people to scratch our itching ears and tell us what we wanted to hear. Unfortunately, as with Noah, there's a terminal point to how much of that God's going to put up with. And uh, we're getting real close to that. And uh, people don't. People really don't want to be on the wrong side of that. Um, so I want to pray for whoever's listening. And uh, see what happens. Amen. Lord Amen. God, Lord God Almighty. sorry for the hypocrisy of saying that you're Lord and then not letting you direct all our paths maybe not even believing you could or that you wanted to that you were too busy to do it we'll listen to our boss we'll listen to our wife but we don't even want to try to slow down enough to listen to you. We're really sorry. I'm asking, Lord, that you would break our hearts. That you would spoil us for anything other than you. That it would all taste like cat pee. That this whole of creation... The things other people spend their lives chasing, bigger houses and cars and boats and experiences and whatever, that it would all just, that we would see it through your eyes for the uselessness that it is. That without love, which can only come from you, it's all pointless. And we're just spending ourselves for wind. For all those listening, Lord, I'm asking you to do whatever you got to do to them so they could hear your voice, know it's you, not be fooled by any other voice, and that you would help them to obey. One time I asked you, what? how could I love you more? And you said, obey better. I said, what does that mean? He said, well, if you're obeying eventually, obey immediately. If you're obeying generally, obey specifically. Strive. To, to obey because his ways are best 
Because the best thing he could do to bless you is to have you do things his way. He wrote the manual. He knows how everything works. Why would you want to do it your way? You didn't invent you. You don't know what's good for you. You know what TV told you was good for you. It's not near the same thing. So Lord, I'm asking. Whatever you did to my heart. That I just. Want to hear you all the time and obey. That it breaks my heart when I know I'm not. Because I, I go my own way too. And I have bad days. and But it grieves me and I know it. And I double down the next day and try harder. Whatever you did to me, Lord, do it to them. We need a people that are repenting and mourning for the state of things. You said even at the end, at the very end of all of this, the worst time the world's ever seen, there will still be people partying and laughing and being given in marriage and somehow explaining to themselves how everything's just fine and it's going to keep going the way it has. And man, oh man, I don't want to be one of those. I don't know how to juggle rejoicing while the world is falling down and lamenting for the sad state of things. It's part of the duality, the mercy, the severity, the love, the justice of God that we have to understand them both somehow. But Lord, help us to find that balance. Where we can sing and worship you in a FEMA camp, knowing that everything's going to be okay, while we're at the same time grieving for the lost and for the stupidity of the bad decisions people are making and the cost on their head. And I'm asking you, please, Lord. Help us to get to that place where the whole thing is one layer deep with Jesus as our head, not jostling each other, not wrangling about when the tribulation is or whether to have communion with grape juice or wine or which version of the Bible's the most right, but just all of us listening to Jesus with him directing our paths and nobody else getting to be our head there's so many people religious people big ministries and big names and famous whatever and that are so stubborn 
and so set in their ways and have such a difficulty loving somebody that disagrees with them. And I don't know what to do about it. And I don't know if they'll change. And I don't know if they'll make it. When you say that if we don't love the brethren, the love of God's not in us. And we can find so many excuses to not love the brethren. Please forgive us, Lord. For however we've participated in faction and division and slicing your body up into little pieces. Please get it out of our system. Whatever it takes. We bless you, Lord. And thank you. We know you hear our prayers. So thank you in advance for what you're going to do in my life and all these other lives. so grateful to be here at a time to see you part the sky and fix it all in humility we come praying this to the big throne straight to the Father in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ who goes before us and makes a way Amen Amen Amen. Brother Doug what would you like to call today's broadcast for the archive How to love him more. Perfect. How to love him more. Great message. Brother Doug, I want you to tell people about uh, your ministry. What you got going on over there that they can be a part of and how to contact you. Well, the main website is Fellowship of the Martyrs. And uh, uh, I've gotten eight books there that I've written over the years about how to hear God better and how to get tuned up um, spiritual warfare what's wrong with the church um, and um, they're all free um, as PDF download or you can some of them have audio books some are available as paperbacks if you want to order one but uh, off Amazon and uh, we've got music we've written uh, I'm going to send you a couple of those links oh cool because you won't get a you won't get a strike for uh, playing them on your show and uh, we uh, lots of articles and links to other things and recommendations of other books of other people great saints of the past you ought to read if you're going to uh, get up to speed and uh, we're also Liberty Disaster Relief we're in Liberty Missouri outside of Kansas City and uh, 
Uh, we've been 20 years running homeless shelter and food pantry and uh, thrift store. We have a big community storehouse, warehouse, where we store up all kind of stuff to get it out to people in need all over the community and crutches and wheelchairs and all kinds of stuff. And uh, work a lot with the homeless in Kansas City and with other ministries, uh, partnering with them and trying to be one uh, with everybody, whether they want to be one with us or not. And uh, if you really study the Bible, the only thing you can find is Church of Ephesus, Church of Smyrna, Church of Laodicea, one body per city. And uh, so we're trying to encourage people to begin manifesting what that might look like outside of the walls. And uh, on tomorrow's show at 7 o'clock Central, we're going to uh, talk some more about some of what the Lord is vision the Lord's given us about how to provide a framework for the bride to be restored uh, outside of the walls that um, I know is the Lord I don't take any credit for and I don't know how we get from here to there because it's going to take a lot of people a lot of money and whatever but uh, I I believe that we could change the world uh, and uh, I believe he's going to do it one way or the other and uh, so I'm looking forward to talking about that tomorrow um, we have uh, 10 or 12 mobile homes uh, in a, we wanted to build a village of tiny homes On a, we have a 40 acre farm with a 20 acre limestone mine cave underneath it that could probably house a thousand people Real but uh, we uh, wanted to build a village of tiny homes and the neighbors and zoning and everybody flipped out so there was a mobile home park down the road and we got uh, he started donating old mobile homes and then we bought some and for cheap like thousand dollars and rehabbed them and put people in them and people started coming from all over uh we just had a gal from madagascar that was here staying with us for a couple of months and uh but we have people come and get prayer and um when we have room we we can we take people in and that uh, the lord sends that need help and uh and help them find their place uh what they can do to help out around here fixing the car or working at the thrift store or whatever but um it's uh, a simple life my wife and i live in one of the mobile homes uh here in the park and um we've spent all day today fixing frozen pipes and we we don't have the luxury of bali so <laughs> we're oh, here in it's cold in zero there. degree True. midwestern cold in a mobile home fixing broken water pipes wow but uh uh anyway so that's that's a little bit of who we are um i'm pretty pretty well an open book um but i do believe god's called me to pray for revival and restoration in kansas city and and to uh, to call people to a higher way than sitting in a pew listening to a choir yes um Absolutely, the truth. Well, praise the Lord. Uh, my friend, if someone wants to support the ministry, what's the best way to do it? Uh, on the website at fellowshipofthemartyrs.com, there's a donate button. You can give uh, through PayPal on a credit card, even if you don't have a PayPal account. Um, our cash app um, is a dollar sign, FOTM1. Our YouTube channel is FOTM1. We've got a couple of thousand videos on there going back 17 years, 18 years, about since YouTube started. And uh, uh, there's Venmo and Zelle and other options, Chime, MailaCheck. All the links are on the on the website there uh, under how to help. 
Um, and uh, yeah, we've had people over the years donate a couple of houses, boats, RVs, <laughs> uh, lots of cars, a couple of motorcycles, whatever. And we just uh, try to flip them, use them for the kingdom, use the money for uh, whatever. But uh, we're super efficient. Everybody's nobody's paid a salary. Uh, nobody gets a paycheck. We have no employees. It's just volunteers and uh, sharing with each as they have a need and trying to walk out the book of Acts kind of Christianity. Amen. Fantastic. You're doing a great job, my friend. Uh, once again, fellowshipofthemartyrs.com is a website? Yeah, that's right. Okay. Friends, get over there, and we'll have this up here in about an hour or two. In the archives, I encourage you to get this tonight and the others that are being posted. And, um, oh, uh, what else do I need to mention? Uh, you also have a YouTube channel. How do they find that? It's FOTM1, Fellowship of the Martyrs 1, FOTM1 on YouTube. And uh, we've got videos there about the farm and about the food pantry and stuff, just all the way back to when I wasn't as gray as I am now. Uh, uh, commemorating, just memorializing our whole journey to get to where we are now. And, uh, but, uh, yeah, would love to. I answer all the comments. I read all the comments there. And, uh, and don't forget, uh, one of these days, you, uh, we're going to do a live show where they can call in and get prayer. And oh, yes, absolutely. Answer questions and stuff. Yeah, excellent idea. Absolutely, we will. We have that capability now uh, back again with uh, Blog Talk Radio, so we'll hook that up. My friend, uh, thank you for coming on tonight, and uh, God richly bless you. See you tomorrow. You too. Amen. Yeah, we'll be be here ready tomorrow. Looking forward to it. Thank you, Doug. Thank you. Bye-bye. Friends, let's go to a song, and we'll be back here in just a few minutes with Dr. Deborah Vells. (laughs) 